When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Harut Markarian, and this is Mobility and Inclusion, the show where we share the powerful stories of people with disabilities and daring entrepreneurs making waves in our world. From technological innovations to best practices in business, we'll learn what it really means to live in an inclusive and universally designed environment. Welcome to a new episode of Mobility and Inclusion. My guest today is the one who made me do extra push-ups and extra biceps <laughs> just to have, have to have you know, just to appear with him on the same frame uh, john mclaren from he's the second time with me today and he's the 38 years who worked with the navy seals first as a cryptologist and then as a navy seal uh on the field right sure 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 and john welcome again man Thank you for having me. I, it either means I screwed up royally the last time or I did okay. I'm not even going to ask which one, uh, no, which one was, brought me back. No, last time was great. I, I watched a show. It's about to uh, go live on YouTube this Thursday. So uh, we're really excited about that. Please go ahead and watch it. You'll get a ton of value from it. And, you know, and that's why I brought you back. <laughs> I was excited. I literally went home after the last time we spoke and I thought, wow, we could go with the actual depth, like how it really works and how it really happens with your brain. And uh, I'm always tiptoeing into that. And yet it's so simple to understand that I thought, stop, stop meeting people at the level of kind of falsehoods that we, that we talk about Absolutely. in the news. And let's start talking about how your brain actually looks at this, how we, how we, how we actually understand change and evolution. I love it. I love it. So um, before we get going, you and I spent quite a bit of time over the weekend talking about diversity and inclusion and all this stuff. We did. Let's... I made notes. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how much it affected you. So let's, uh, let's really concisely define what diversity is. Uh, great, great. Um, diversity. Uh, your, the human brain is, is amazing. We continue to make, create language and use terms that your brain has no concept what to do with. I think, uh, We've always kind of known this, but being able to test it in neuroscience and research actually lets us know. So when we talk about diversity, it's like saying morality or integrity mm -hmm. or any other word like that. Your brain literally says, I have no idea what you mean. No idea. And so a, a human brain makes up things. It literally says, oh, we'll just nod our heads at each other like we know exactly what we're talking about. And we'll get to see this, examples of this all over. But diversity is one of those terms. Everything is diverse. Your thoughts are diverse. Mm -hmm. So you can't escape diversity. 
right? You actually can't escape inclusion. It might be negative or positive. You can't ex escape, I almost said escape, grammatically tough <laughs> moment. You can't escape exclusion and you can't escape inclusion. This is why these terms are so challenging because uh, I have, when I train the uh, military folks, they'll talk about high carbs and low carbs, high protein and low protein. Those terms don't mean anything, but they think they do. And all of a sudden they realized, oh, I'm just as confused as before, whether you said high or low. So we think about diversity or any of these terms. Your brain is trying to make sense of this. Your brain is actually designed to minimize diversity and minimize inclusion, right? We're born, the strongest system we have is our limbic system, fight, flight, or freeze. Up to the age of 26, we're actually barely capable of using our prefrontal cortex. It's developing over those years. So words like diversity, uh, we all nod our heads and we think we know what we're talking about, but we don't. Our brain actually says, I have no idea what you mean by diversity. Everything's diverse. Everything is different. Everything has change and uncertainty. So when we think about diversity, if we change the, the words and we actually say, anytime your brain experiences change and uncertainty, it starts to increase prejudice and bias. So everything is diverse. Mm -hmm. You and I have these great similarities, these great sense of diversities. Uh, we can jump into each other's sentences or we can be inspired or curious about what yeah. you mean yep. and what you're going into. So it's all there. So everything's always diverse. It's mm -hmm. what we do with it. Your brain's gonna flip on that limbic system or that. So we think about this, any change and uncertainty and on the sign behind you is mobility and inclusion. Look, those words are full of change and uncertainty. First of all, I look at them and I think that could mean any group of people. So our brains are always diverse. They're always dealing with diversity. It's what we train them to do as opposed to what they naturally do yeah. that actually increases our ability to understand, learn, have empathy, listen, uh, perceive each other more closely. Absolutely. You know, all those things. So it's a crazy word, diversity and inclusion. It's always happening. Mm -hmm. It's whether our brain is able to perceive it more negatively or more positively. And I think that's where we're headed with your other great absolutely, questions. You absolutely. Um, but before, before we go into those, uh, you uh, mentioned a few terms, uh -huh. uh, limbic system, prefrontal cortex, and uh, let's define those for the audience. So they can stay with us in our conversation. Okay. And they understand what, what we're talking about when, when you mention these words. All right. My favorite two subjects. <laughs> My favorite two. Uh, when, we, when we talk about this, I have two boards on the wall. I have a left board and a right board of the whiteboard. The left board symbolizes your limbic system, your fight, flight, or freeze system. The right board, your prefrontal cortex. There are billions or trillions of things happening in those areas all the time but we can simplify them so much for our purposes and they're, they're really right on point. So your limbic system is responding to any change or uncertainty, because you think about it. As human beings, we're not, we haven't been around that long. So you and I experiencing change and uncertainty at work or in thoughts or in a loud noise or whatever, our limbic system says, might be a saber-toothed tiger, let's get prepared. So it does, it prepares itself. So your limbic system uh, starts to prioritize, it starts to take the resources that were in your prefrontal cortex, 
and then your adrenaline comes up, your cortisol comes up, your dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin potential decreases, except for what's used by the limbic system, what activates mm -hmm. there. So again, a lot happening, we're gonna simplify it, and we go into fight, flight, or freeze. So most of what we're talking about, or what I hear people talking about when they talk about diversity and inclusion is, are you able to experience change and uncertainty and promote positive chemistry, reactivating and strengthening the behaviors that your prefrontal cortex recognizes, like empathy, mm -hmm. problem solving, creativity, IQ, EQ, all of those things. And uh, those are prefrontal cortex activated areas. Or when we experience change and uncertainty, if we drive down what we call the pathway of negative emotions, then um, we minimize all those areas. One of the first things that happens is we increase our prejudice and bias. So prejudice and bias have been talked about so much that we think of them as orientation, religion. They're not any prejudice and bias, right? We are naturally designed to slow down acceptance of diversity. Yep. Right? Absolutely. It's Absolutely. right there. It's, it's the strongest system we have is to say, I'm unfamiliar with you. I should create a story that gives me a foundation for slowing down my knowledge of you and your, yeah, your yeah. growth. And the question you asked me that you asked this weekend about checking the box that you'll mm -hmm. get to, that's, that's exactly why. That's why we've gotten to a check the box scenario instead of so, actually get to benefit from each other's yeah. diversity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. And, um, you know, speaking of mobility and inclusion, uh, I was thinking about it coming down here. What does mobility and inclusion really mean? Well, it can mean a lot of things for a lot of people, right? And when I talk about mobility, I usually think about a wheel, right? Mm -hmm. And the wheel can be either used in a one-dimensional environment where it's like just spinning on its on on a same axis, basically going nowhere, right? Or you choose to go on a two-dimensional axis. Now there's like a two uh, you know, double-edged sword, if you will. You know, you can either go forward or go backwards, right? And make, be sure that if you're not moving forward, you're definitely going backwards because time is progressing, right? Time is, you know, because change is inevitable, right? Yeah. But personal growth is a choice. So, um, and when we come to, you know, you said checking the box, right? We're, we're talking about all these, mainly we're talking about all these companies or corporations and institutions um, promoting the diversity, but maybe not necessarily doing it in the right way, meaning they're just checking a box because they have to do it, right? But you and I know that really a diverse situation comes from you being natural, right? Mm -hmm. Looking for what's, what's best for the individual, for the corporation. So what the, how can people be or corporations, institutions, how can we get away from just having to check the box? It's a paradigm shift, isn't it? Um, since we live in a culture, if you watch news or anything, the new, uh, if you watch news, uh, politics, especially in the last 20, 25 years, mm -hmm. I'm old enough where, where I've seen a shift in how much news or politics might be designed to activate your limbic system. Remember, when we go into fight, flight, or freeze, some research studies will show your IQ, your available IQ drops up to 30 points.
right? 30, that's a lot. Your ability to accept facts. If I just use some Maslow's terms, acceptance mm -hmm. of facts, uh, self-respect. Yep. Uh, the ability to have a sense of achievement, your confidence, it all drops down when your limbic system, because you don't need to be confident to not get hit by the bus. You know, you need to not get hit by the bus. That becomes your only focus. I don't need to be able to hear you. So I have tunnel vision, tunnel hearing. So I think first, if we look at corporations or society, remember, we talk about politicians or corporations as if they're different than us. And they aren't, they are us. Yep. People just like us with brains like ours are politicians, they're executives, they're school teachers, they're students, they're all of these things. So they are us. And one of the things a brain likes to do in fight, flight, or freeze is to create us and them, division and exclusion. Yeah. Yep. Because that's its strongest response. If I'm afraid or unfamiliar, let me make you my potential opponent. Mm -hmm. And that means I'm gonna have a harder time hearing you. Your ability to hear and understand and perceive actually drops down. Drops down, yeah. There's a lot of great research right now that shows really fun research that talks about perception. Adult perception is generally off 50% of the time. That's a, a that's, child's that's perception a is off up to 85% of the time. Now that's when your prefrontal cortex is activated. When you're in fight, flight, or freeze, if we dislike, if we disagree, if we're busy being right or wrong or righteous or any of those things, we're up to 85 or 90%. So when you think, when people think, I could talk to the camera, when you feel like you're not being heard in an argument, it's because you're not. When they feel like they're not being heard in an argument, it's because they're not. Because we get tunnel vision, tunnel hearing, tunnel thinking. Our IQ drops up to 30 points. We really can't hear them. So they don't just feel unheard. They are unheard. So when we talk about diversity and inclusion, uh, we're really talking about how can you activate at work, at home, wherever, your prefrontal cortex more. What, what do you need to do to activate your prefrontal cortex? And... First, you'd have to recognize that my limbic system was activated. Yep. I'd first have to say, oh, well, that's the feeling I get when I'm activated. And what activates your limbic system? Change. Any change. Any. Yeah. When I'm waiting for your next thing you're going to ask, my limbic system is saying, be prepared. We might be getting run over by a bus in just a second. So I have to keep listening to you and doing little prefrontal cortex mm -hmm. activating tricks yeah. because I'm going to lose it. Yeah, actually, uh, it's it's a good point, and it makes me uh, think of another uh, term you brought up: having the top-down approach, right? Mm. And uh, the way I was used to the top-down approach, or I I have an understanding of a top-down approach, is when you're working from, you know, basically your thoughts to your feelings to your actions, and then the actions drive the behavior, right? So. We're basically now we're defining our behaviors on and our attitudes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All this is gonna transfer or transform into our behaviors and attitudes. And that happens usually we're uh, genetically programmed, mm -hmm. right? When we're like just being just we're just born and we come to the into this world, we have some genetic programming that comes from our environment our grandparents our parents generational pass down exactly yeah. right and then uh, we go into developing some type of understanding of of the world and then 
we kind of stop at, at an early age. If you don't develop yourself, uh, well, there, there are research studies that show that at seven years old, you're already 90% programmed, mm -hmm. right? And it's, it's interesting. Now we're talking about how to accept others' point of views and how to perceive others. With a seven-year-old developmental level. <laughs> exactly. That was very well put. Like, I couldn't have said it more, right? If you're not, if like you don't you pay said, attention to, the, to these things, right, that's where we're going, really. Uh, we're, we're, and, you know, I, I was part of Bob Proctor's group. Mm -hmm. And what he talks about is, you know, we always perceive or, or we use our five senses to really take in information, right? That, those are our inputs. And then that's how we react. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, when you really use our higher faculties of our brain, and which is, which is like our imagination, our sure. perception, Curiosity. our will, our, you know, our intuition, these are things that not a lot of people uses. But when we activate those, now we have a different approach to any problem. We're, we're no longer decreasing our uh, we're IQ, not... EQ, MP, exactly, confidence, right? all those, our yeah. ability to listen. Yeah, everything you're saying is pure science. I yeah. always say it's just chemistry. Yeah. And so it's pure science. You, you listen to, I listen to people like you speak, and I think I'm hearing you talk about you know, brain chemistry. Unfortunately, we can measure it now. Not super well, mm -hmm. but it's evolving. But you get to measure it to you say, not only did I think you're right, the the you're lighting up the boards and the scans and it's all this and it's showing that you're actually correct at what you're doing. And you can you can watch that. Mm -hmm. And I you mentioned you started that statement by saying it's a top down. Yeah. And I use the expression culture is created top down and it's tested and confirmed mm -hmm. at the bottom and the yeah, middle. Absolutely. Right? So but the other thing is we're all the top. We're all the top. Mm -hmm. So when you think about this, uh, someone in the SEAL team community the other day said, well, why do you keep saying it's leadership? We are talking about some issues, some culture and character evolution issues that the SEAL teams might be facing. Uh, may not be, depends who you talk to. But mm -hmm. And one of the things I said is I said, no, you will seldom hear me say leadership. I say leadership development because we're all leaders. Absolutely. We're all leading. We're sitting here in the you know, we're sitting here in the chair and we're, this is, um, you know, I get to come visit your show and your thing. And yet I have to hold my, I have to carry my own. I have to hold my own. <laughs> right. So we're all leaders. And so the reason I say the top down is because that's a chain of command. Yeah. So we all have a chain of command. And what happens is the chain of command is leading the primary indoctrination communication, as you said, you're an indoctrination is not a negative word for me. It is simply a doctrine that is being repeated over and over again. I could repeat a positive doctrine or a negative doctrine. Mm -hmm. If I mention certain words, your viewers naturally go into more fight, flight, or freeze. Yeah, yeah. And they might, whether I mention any words, but I know I can pick some, and that's why I don't, because I don't want to drop their IQ. Mm -hmm. I actually want to encourage their IQ to be greater. Yeah. So the doctrine I'm talking about will actually leave them, ah, let me give you an example. I worked with a lot of young folks and their parents said, uh, aren't you afraid that all this positive training is going to make them, because I work in domestic violence, pedophile yeah, yeah, prevention, yeah. all these things, it's going to make them more of a target. And I said, no, you're misunderstanding the brain in this case. We don't become safer by being more afraid yeah. and more cautious. We actually become smarter about creating our environment 
by activating and engaging our prefrontal cortex more. And you just explained it the way Bob Proctor says it. Mm -hmm. You become uh, in a position to actually create more, understand more, be aware more. And the more aware I am, the less negative I create negativity I create around me, mm-hmm. a samurai versus foot soldier. Yeah, yeah. I can be a highly trained foot soldier and I still lay waste to the village. Or I can be the samurai, the more I am well-rounded, the more I can fight the brutal and lethal battle and then go home again yeah. and not have laid waste to the village. So mm-hmm. it's um, it seems challenging to some folks at first because what you said, a lot of young people, we are formed up. We are even going to college when we don't have a highly tuned or highly functional prefrontal cortex. We could not possibly develop wisdom at that age. And yet we based an almost entire society and corporate structure on developing it by that age. Recently, Mm -hmm. in days of old, uh, you shut up and did the work until you had enough experience to speak up. You know, I worked in the film industry some years ago and it's still that structure there. you are to be do your job and be seen and not heard until you have enough experience to offer. I think it's one of the damages we've done for young folks is opinions without experience is just your limbic system. You know, it's just your limbic system running the show. Whereas experience lets you say, well, you know what? I've seen work before. Whenever I hear someone say, in my opinion, I always think, I hope there's a serious amount of experience in a resume that goes with this. Otherwise, we're That's- just... Absolutely, you're, you're just talking instead of listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, and that's and, and that that is a problem these days. You know, I, I see it in the military candidates. One of the young candidates said, "I had asked. I said, look, when we work with other instructors, and they are the ones responsible, that I am working for them. Any one of us could run the show. We're all we've been in this game for thirty plus years. Mm-hmm. Any one of us could run that show." And they said, "You're right. You never say anything." I said, "Because they're in charge." And my opinion is not relevant. My experience and my ability to follow through is relevant. And uh, one of the young women said, you're the first person I've ever heard say my opinion doesn't matter. And I said, well, everyone's lied to you. Everyone's lied to you. Your experience matters. Other than that, your opinion is just whatever you came up with based on this finite amount of knowledge and a lack of experience and, you know, Man, you're taking me to a whole different place. I realize, we, I oh realize we just bounce way off the questions. Uh, no, it's, it's fine. But uh, I mean, this is important as well, because nowadays, um, you know, the younger generation mm-hmm. doesn't feel like they, they need that experience. And what I love about it is that I am not minimizing the contribution that any human being can make. Mm-hmm. Simply saying that if you understand brain chemistry to get back on track yeah, as well, yeah. if you understand anything about how your limbic system and prefrontal cortex works, then what happens is you realize my opinion is typically based on my fight, flight, or freeze system firing. That if I found you to be the most interesting topic, like I enjoy, I watch your your uh, speaking stuff when you post it, mm-hmm. and I always think, oh, it's so interesting. Well, that actually tells you I'm engaging my prefrontal cortex, and it's actually making me a better listener. As soon as I have an opinion, I've had to have stopped listening, right? I can't be curious about what you're saying and thinking, oh, that's right. You know what I think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because in my head, I've started to have a private conversation. Yep, absolutely. So 
it's not that I'm minimizing their contribution. It's that they've minimized their ability to follow directions or even be part of the team. And then on top of this, they don't have the experience for that opinion to actually be as valid as it might if they just were teammate a little longer, mm -hmm. right? I'm, I'm only in charge of what I'm in charge of. And on the other jobs, I could, I come here and you say, Hey, I'd like to talk about these questions. Well, there's no part of me with it to say, no, why don't we talk about this? I actually think, oh, let's see where this goes. Yeah. It's so interesting, you know, so interesting. Let's see where this goes. So, um, I think people have mistaken their opinion as a, as a strength where it's incredibly common for your opinion to come from a fight, flight, or freeze point. And when people will say, in my opinion, what I'm listening for is, are you saying this to be contrary? I agree, I disagree, yeah. it's good, bad, mm -hmm. or it's right or wrong. Because those are limbic system responses and there's nothing wrong with that or right, because yeah. those are yeah, also limbic exactly, systems. Yeah, exactly, it's, yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not a matter of being right or wrong. Yeah. It's a matter of collectively being successful at performing a task, whatever that task may be. Mutual benefit. Exactly. Creating a greater, evolving, exactly. improving our mutual benefit, mm -hmm. as we say. And, and I love it because in your, we talk about corporations where you say, are they checking the box or top down or what's the yeah. culture or why is diversity such a, uh, such a thing that creates such a limbic system response? Well, because it's not diversity. We're simply saying, if we check the box, uh, right-handed people, left-handed people, brown-eyed people, blue-eyed people. But that wasn't diversity at all. That's just a box of crayons. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I always yeah. feel like what we were talking about is, are we developing a mutual benefit mm -hmm. here? I would offer that for a corporation to actually function and actually create a well-rounded understanding of how they're company creates chemistry, brain chemistry in folks. They do this anyway. We talk about this anyway, but they try to do this to whatever degree. You would start to attract greater and greater people. What is the first thing that usually goes when somebody focuses on the box of crayons, brown-eyed people, blue-eyed people, right-handed people, left-handed people, standards drop. 100% of the time, Absolutely. standards drop. You cannot depend on communication as well. It had nothing to do with diversity. It's just that if you aren't developing the self, as you said, if we're not developing greater understanding of people, performance, and profit based on chemistry, that was Maslow's entire hierarchy of needs, what you have to do then is you'll watch a company drop its standards down. Mm -hmm. And you'll know this because they won't do something very simple. They won't start and end a meeting on time. That's brain chemistry. If I had 67 people in a room, and I'm giving you real numbers from a company that I spent some time with in December, and they would come in and the CEO, wonderful person, would come in and say, we're just going to wait a few minutes for so-and-so because they have an important phone call. 67 people waiting. 67 people dealing with change and uncertainty. Their ability to listen is dropping. Their IQ is dropping. Their self-respect is dropping. Their respect of others in the room is, is dropping. Sure. 67 people waiting on that one person. That CEO told me everything I needed to know by the second time I saw that behavior in their culture. I knew exactly what the frustrations would be because it's chemistry. It's just chemistry. Yeah. So when we watch the basic behaviors. We will actually, what's left is people to say, well, in my opinion, because they can't depend on each other. So all that's left is my opinion, yeah, fight, yeah. flight, or freeze. Absolutely. And then all of those higher, 
what we would call those leadership traits we just love go down. Diversity is easy. It's that you have to, it takes courage to want to take a look at yourself, myself. Mm -hmm. It takes courage for me every day because I turn around and think, oh crap, here I am again on the left board. <laughs> you know, we're not getting off the left board. That's the negative gym. We need it. That's what keeps us from getting eaten by the saber-toothed tiger. That's what keeps us. Diversity is a byproduct of evolving your own personal way of being and behaviors. You just attract diversity. Do we have to ask each other if we get along? No, <laughs> because our way of being says, "Oh, so interesting. Let's have a let's have a yeah, conversation." Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so, speaking about diversity. Um... I love how you answered this question when I asked it to you. Uh-oh, better get my notes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, because I told you, because because diversity is incentivized nowadays, uh, right? The box and, of crayons level diversity is incentivized. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. And a lot of times, standards drop when that happens, right? As you mentioned. So, and I asked you, how do we fight this? And uh, you answered by, we don't fight it. We evolve. We evolve. We evolve. There's nothing... Again, right or wrong, yeah. good or bad, yeah. agree or disagree, is are all responses that we get because your brain says, I'm experiencing change and uncertainty, any change. If someone calls me and says, hey, we're having a barbecue this Friday, my brain immediately goes to, oh, no, not make a change. I, I have to check. I've got stuff to do. I just want to relax, you know. That's all procrastination is, right? Yeah, procrastination yeah, yeah. is your limbic system lights up and says, ah. Oh, I do not know if there's a good enough reward for me to make a decision right now. And it goes. So we don't fight it. We evolve it because fighting is part of fight, flight, or freeze. We mm -hmm. literally would recognize and say, oh, that's so interesting. Uh, there's entire cultures that aren't represented here. My question is, curiosity is one of the great prefrontal cortex activators. Curiosity. Why? I want to know why all the time. Um, I'm curious why for myself. So... We don't fight it, we evolve it, because what you're doing is working. Everyone's here. Mm -hmm. I worked with a HR, some uh, HR folks, which um, they call them human resources, but I always say it's turned into what I call hostage rescue now. It's like, a, and sometimes they're the hostage takers. So HR speak is like the death of a company. Corporation is to, nothing's more condescending than someone answering an email in HR speak in today's, <laughs> for me. I'm always like, oh my gosh, you're crushing the spirits, you're crushing the spirits <laughs> of your staff. Wonderful people being crushed by HR speak. Um, who knows? That's uh, that's my uh, limbic system opinion. You hear my limbic system yeah, going yeah, there? Absolutely, is it, absolutely. I feel out of control sometimes because that's what it is. It's a control. You feel out of control because of change and uncertainty. And so my limbic system says, oh, make a joke so you can get back to your prefrontal cortex. But it's a little negative is yeah, to say, yeah. <laughs> I, I want it to be human resources and not hostage rescue. Yeah. Um, but that's it, my limbic system firing right there. And I fought my, I, I end up evolving my way back to say, let's make a joke and I'll get back to clear thinking mm -hmm. with less prejudice and bias yeah yeah because your limbic system increases Abs prejudice and bias absolutely and i was going to ask you like for someone who knows all this stuff and who knows what triggers you right oh, i want to what... smack myself all the time, all the time. <laughs> i was like do you always do you know you you, you i'm sure you catch yourself from time to time right <sighs> well i uh, <laughs> it's when i don't catch myself and then i just slap myself later <laughs> so uh yes and that's a great point you don't outgrow your limbic system you learn to utilize it yeah you learn to recognize it 
I'm never going to be great at it. I've learned, I've realized mm -hmm. I'm never going to be great at it because yeah. my definition of great would continue to change. It's constant so, work in yes, progress. Because, and this is the amazing part. When you activate your prefrontal cortex more and more, and you start developing a life that is your naturally your life is more and more interesting mm -hmm. because you're more and more interested. Yeah. You know, yeah. because our limbic system shuts down our interest. We want to focus on not getting hit by the bus where your prefrontal cortex says, that's so interesting. I wonder why they phrase it differently. So interesting the way they phrase that. Why? I was in a um, meeting with some executives in uh, November, December, or January, I forget what month mm -hmm. I'm in right now. So anyway, several months ago, and there was a company there doing DNI diversity inclusion, and um, they started to argue terminology uh, in the LGBTQ community. And I won't go into the terminology because it again activates people's yeah, limbic yeah, system. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And uh, two of the uh, women in the room who happened to be in that community, when we walked out of the meeting, she looked at me and she said. I could tell by the look on your face, she said, and I loved it. She said, how is the Caucasian military straight guy get it? And the guy doing it, I said, because you're not considering the culture the speaker comes from. I said, so the terminology they used is more prevalent in that culture. Mm -hmm. And the terminology you use is not, and that would be considered an insult to you. She goes, it is, I'm offended. I said, but if you understand their culture, and I said, the challenge here is that the person leading the dni meeting does not it's not really accommodating your culture your understanding of the lgbtq community and i said they are calling it something else and very very simple and she said i didn't realize that she said i've been and i said yes because you've been you your whole life yeah, I said but yeah. uh, but it's a different culture i said so their terminology accommodates their culture and the only reason i could be aware of that is because i'm so curious why are they both so stuck with that term i really want to know because uh, so i some years ago i started to really look into it and started to understand it but um the point being that's diversity and inclusion get curious what puts you in the limbic system Get curious what fires your limbic system. One, it activates because I do feel if I work with some HR departments and I'll watch them crushing spirits of, of, of people, what appears to be crushing the spirit of their staff, and I think, well, why? But then if I go to the legal department, I understand why. The legal department is covering is a little CYA there. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's crushing and tearing apart the desire for diversity because diversity wasn't about the box of crayons. It was about when I recognized I was feeling out of control in change and uncertainty and what I did with it, whether I continued to go down into irritation, frustration, anger, or some sort of depression, oppression, mm -hmm. suppression, repression, all things we do yeah, at work, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, all <laughs> things we do at work. So diversity inclusion is so exciting for me because first of all, it's not a real thing. Like everything is diverse and everything is inclusive and exclusive. Yeah. So the terms themselves lend themselves to activating your limbic system yep, because yep. Um, what it really is, is what do I do with this? And it comes down to standards. We, you started with raising st standards. Mm -hmm. I always say the reason my military programs are so diverse that would be considered very diverse and inclusive is because I have high standards with the flexibility for certain variables, but the standards are extremely high. 
when I first started this, the Navy said, you're training people too hard, you're going to lose them. And I said, no, you won't. Because as long as I'm paying attention to them and listening to them, as long as I'm evolving as an instructor, mm -hmm. the standards should keep rising, not falling. Absolutely. Because then we develop standards for new people. Yeah. We say, okay, your standards and their standards, totally different. They're brand new. Mm -hmm. They've never had this conversation before. They have to work their way up. So uh, because of that, there's a place for everyone. And I've become this people from many countries write and say, is there anything you can do for me in my country? And I think, wow. I never imagined, because when I started, I spent a lot of time instructing from the left board, from my limbic system. I was afraid to not produce. I was afraid that I wasn't able to help them produce and be safe yeah. and all these things. So um, the amazing part is when I started to understand how it worked and work to get myself to the prefrontal cortex, the people come out of, I can't handle them. That's why it's a nonprofit, right? I can't ha I can't handle the load. Yeah, yeah. I can't handle absolutely. the load because I evolved. Yep. And no, it makes a, it makes a lot of sense. And you know, uh, when I when I put the show name Mobility and Inclusion, I didn't I didn't know what I was getting myself into. <laughs> right. You know, what can of worms that? <laughs> yeah, was, exactly. You know? I was like, keep digging yourself hole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because uh, you know this could be and. You know, I think everybody knows by now that, you know, mobility and inclusion, I primarily meant for the community of people with disabilities, sure, sure. right? Yeah. And that's the community that I wanted to serve. And when I talk about inclusion, I usually talk about how people with disabilities are left behind, right? And they're not put on a level playing field. Uh, they're always some uh, excuse into either leaving them behind or not including them in, yeah. in society, right? Uh, so that's what I wanted to bring up and raise awareness. But as I kept doing this, it was much bigger than that. It was much bigger than that. And, you know, we talked about it earlier about being mutually beneficial, mm -hmm. right? Be Let's all of us be successful, be mutually beneficial. And uh, now the more I think about mobility and inclusion, uh, the more I think about the can of worms that I opened, <laughs> right? But I love it too, because you, um, I'm old enough where I've worked with many athletes in the Challenge Athletes Foundation, whatever, and known many. I'm old enough where I have watched the change from people who had uh, obviously visible physical disability, like missing a leg, yeah, things yeah. like that, be from the side of the field to one of the key players, be left out. I was I grew up with kids who would be told to get right home and sit on the couch because of physical limitations to uh, uh, um, them being uh, one of the key players in a yeah. sport. So I'm old enough to have watched that change. It's amazing. And what I love about what you've done here when you said you open up a can of worms, if it's highly visible and you can demonstrate it, it changes the world. Because to just talk about that you and I have the same process, it's just not so visible. Mm -hmm. um, as my brother said when he was alive, uh, when he would do speaking, he said, if you don't recognize your disabilities, you're just not paying attention. Yeah, yeah. So we recognize them through people who we could say, oh, I visually get that. Mm -hmm. I visually get that. What can we do about it? So, you know, what is a disability, right? The lack of ability to do things 
uh, that are common for other people. Well, all you and I have to do is change professions, and now <laughs> exactly. we have experiential disability. <laughs> we have an experiential disability, and um, and I always say, so I love what you did because if we go from here, then we say, oh, I can actually see in my own way. I, I can actually evolve here myself. It's yeah. I need all these other people around me. Absolutely. I didn't start as I think your experience as well. Until you start doing this, my evolution is only here, mm -hmm. you know, and all of a sudden I start putting it out and then I hear your response or some of the folks response on the podcast. And, mm -hmm. and then the next week I think I'm in the shower and I think, oh my gosh, that was an amazing statement you made. Cause right now I'm a little on the left board, right? We're, we're in public on camera. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not going to be my best self. Yeah, I yeah. gotta let it sink in. <laughs> so I love what you're doing. Also, of course, my brother, when he was alive was uh, quadriplegic for the last 10 years of his life and mm -hmm. an amputee seven before that. And then, and then had both his legs in full function before that. So, so I've watched him experience life in in all different areas. And he, um, I got to experience a lot by being with him to say, Oh, wow this is where we are excluded from. Yeah. I'll give you a fun, fun one. We used to have um, the, the handicapped rooms were always next to the elevators and the ice machine uh -huh. in hotels years and years ago. And now they're commonly not. Yeah. And I always said, Oh, finally, we've been upgraded to not being next to the elevator and the ice machine <laughs> you know, in the That's nicest funny. hotel all night. You hear whoosh, 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 from the ice machines. And I thought, wow, that's a change in the world yeah is yeah. that that's not a given that you're in the crappiest room in the on the floor <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting but yeah it's um it's funny i'm gonna come back to your brother real quick but okay. uh, when i um yeah when, people will look at this mobility and inclusion you know and everybody let's say especially the word inclusion uh now everybody has their own definition. Killing you, huh? <laughs> Nothing ruins a word like yeah. everyone using it. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, it's like, yeah, we gotta call it something else like cat or yeah, dog. absolutely. And when I when I when I first started with mobility and inclusion, I was yes, this is a good title, you know. And then I saw all these people coming up with different Ruining it. different yeah different uh, definition <laughs> of inclusion. And that that was not even remotely close. Well, you know what's amazing is you see why. As we talked about, your brain doesn't understand what most words that we use mean. Yeah. And you just got to, they get to redefine it whenever they want. Inclusion is so simple. It's what you do to activate your prefrontal cortex when you experience change and uncertainty. It's what you learn to do. Yeah. That automatically creates this inclusive environment. Why? Because I turned around and said, oh, that's unusual. That's so interesting. That's on you. My brother, we were, he was rolling, I was walking. You know, we were going to eat one day and there were some young, young kids that came by and they were staring at him. And you know, he's a one-legged quadriplegic. Like how often do you see that every day, right? My, my eyes are looking at thousands of people on any given day if you're out in public and around. And he said, I hate when people stare at me. And I said, would you rather have them look away like the homeless person that they avoid? And he looked at me and said, I never thought of it that way. I said, Jim, that's acceptance right there. Is they're trying to take it in? I said, Jim, whatever I look at you, I have to take, if I haven't seen you for a while, every single person that I see moves a certain way, they look a certain way, they act a certain way. My eyes just accept it. Yeah. That's what happens. So our limbic system fires because we see someone. And I said, they're staring at you in a way because they're activating their prefrontal cortex. They're literally saying, wow, I don't get that yet. 
Let's stare at it. Curiosity is the greatest prefrontal cortex activator. I would say it's the strongest leadership trait. Yeah, curiosity. Absolutely. And you and you so you put it very well. Like I don't get that yet. Yeah. You know, and that's what I'm trying to do with this show. Kind of like raise awareness, right? Yeah. Bring bring topics, uh, maybe controversial topics, maybe not, but bring topics that are not commonly discussed, right? Especially those of people with disabilities, mm -hmm. and uh, and let the people who don't get that yet, you know, get evolve. exposure to it evolve. and evolve. Everyone's brilliant. I grew up because I was, wasn't at a point where I saw it differently. Mm -hmm. I, I, again, I have a very strong left board, right? My limbic system is very strong. I'm 36 years in violence and prevention. I have trained at the negative gym for my limbic <laughs> system every day. I have like, I have Rocky Balboa limbic system yeah, and yeah. my prefrontal cortex is like a gnat. So, <laughs> um, but uh, one of the things I realized over time is that, um, I lost my train of thought just a bit, but one of the things I realized over time is you start here and it starts everywhere, but it turned out to be always about me. Oh. I said, everyone's brilliant, mm -hmm. right? So I used to think, gosh, why are people, that sounds so stupid or this, that, or the other. It's because my limbic system was firing. Now, if I hear something that really sets me off, I'll think, oh, why did I get set off by that? That's so interesting. Because I know my listening dropped. I know I got exclusive. You know, yeah, I, know yeah, yeah. I went into all those things and I'll say, oh, that's so interesting. What are they saying? Well, all of a sudden I started to hear people's brilliance and I realized, wow, People aren't dumb at all. They're actually brilliant. It's that we dumb ourselves down and they can dumb themselves down. But if you look for their brilliance. So when I look at these words there and I kind of knowing where your your, your interests were, mm -hmm. and I think it's amazing because something my brother told me once, Jim, we rolled up to a restaurant, you know, and I wasn't sure if I went over this the last time, but. No. Okay. We roll up to a restaurant and a couple of friends with us in San Diego. And um, he rolls up and he says, hey, uh, can you just get me my book out of my bag? I'm just going to stay out here and read my book. You know, he's in an electric wheelchair, right? So it's heavy. And, um, and I said, why? And he looks down and there's one cement step going inside. And he said, oh, this is an old building, family restaurant. Uh, and I said, well, Jim, we can boost you up that step. And this concept changed my life. Uh, I, I filed it away then. But this is how I work with companies, the military, all these people. And he said, that one step is a sign of everything that follows. It's always the small first step. Yeah. And so anybody with mobility issues is like, they see it coming. They're like radar going, oh no, you see that one thing right there? Mm -hmm. And he said, everyone inside is going to be super friendly. They're going to do their best to accommodate me. I will upset the entire system. And this is what I really hope corporate people hear. The way you answer emails, the way you start and end your meetings on time, all of those things, that is your only culture. Yeah. The chemistry you created by that first step. So what Jim said, he said, John, if we go in there, he said, I already can tell you if that steps there, the door's not going to be wide enough. And he said, then the tables are going to be too close together. And he said, everyone's going to bend over backwards to accommodate me. They're going to be so nice. They will all be disrupted. Every single person in there will have to go slightly out of their way. There'll be a lot of uncomfortable looks, a bunch of com uncomfortable smiles. What he's describing is brain chemistry, change and uncertainty. He mm -hmm. said, so that is the culture. And, you know, I never, I wrote this in an article, that little story. It's the first time I've mentioned it in years. But that one step is our 
basic behavior, the culture of us. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and so when I, I think anybody with mobility challenges uh, probably has a one step in their mind saying, oh, there's my one step. No, absolutely. And, it's, and now you, you started talking about accessibility, right? Yeah. And uh, that's an, 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 another huge topic. And, um, you know, there's this other one hotel in Europe that, you know, visitors come by and uh, they go at the counter to check in, mm -hmm. right? And one day these two old ladies walk in uh, and they're going to check in and they're, they have canes, right? Because they're walking with canes. They're just, you know, they, they don't have... A, disability per se mm -hmm. but due to old age they they're using a cane. and fashion and fashion <laughs> well i'm almost you know. old enough for fashionable canes <laughs> uh, absolutely uh, so as they're checking they lean the cane on the counter mm -hmm. against the counter wall or whatever and as they're writing or swiping the credit card whatever it may be the cane falls now this lady has to bend over right and now she's risking a fall mm -hmm. or she's risking something to happen to her lower back or what, whatever the case may be, right? Now she needs somebody's help to, you know, come and get her the cane. What they did is next time these two ladies came by, they installed these small brackets uh -huh. on, on the, on the counter, counter wall where they go in and they clip in their canes, you know, and the brackets cost like, yeah, $2, $2, right? Small things that made a whole lot of difference, right? It's, I, everyone comes down to small things. Uh, what is, uh, uh, Rear Admiral McRaven said, if you can't do the little things right, uh, uh, Stephen Covey says, there are no little things, right? Everyone's saying the same thing. And you're saying these small little behaviors, that's your culture. Yeah. Your culture is, did I notice that I could maintain standards in the cost benefit analysis. Mm -hmm. It was no big deal for me to put some things out there for the canes. And um, this is my culture. Yeah. Now, so while we can't make every single small change, because we also have standards, you know, at corporations, mm -hmm. we have standards. Mm -hmm. Can we actually do the job in the amount of time we need to do the job? Yep. And then I can get curious about it. So this is the problem with checking the box. If we're checking the box, what happens is we're literally saying, find the person with the most impressive check the box resume. Now I'm 56 as of yesterday. As of yesterday, I'm 56. Happy you birthday. Thank you. You don't live as long as I have and work as hard as I have without having cool stuff to put on your resume. Yeah. It in no way means I'm the best person for your company. Because, um, but if you're checking the box and you said, oh, we need to hire some veterans and, yeah, yeah. you know, and blah, blah, blah. And we need to have people who can carry on a, you know, my minimal uh, command of the English language. And <laughs> then, then you can check that box. So what I often say is there's not a culture I've ever seen or worked in that doesn't have brilliant, amazing people at all levels. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we find in my Team Eagle One program and the Navy SEAL candidate program is, 30, 40% of our candidates don't join the SEAL teams. They were never right for the SEAL teams. But because we have the standards so high, they get to experience themselves working that hard and find the right place for themselves. Yeah, yeah. The military's version is just send them all down that range and let the ones fail who don't figure it out. Mm -hmm. That's checking the box as well, and that's why I run the program. So if we think about creating a culture of diversity and inclusion. It really was what small things did I do to recognize when I was 
minimizing my prefrontal cortex. Yeah. And then it's your standards automatically increase. The better instructor I become, which I will never be, I will not live long enough to be a good instructor, right? No, I just won't. It's, I'm, I'm aware of how big the space of possibilities is. And also I won't live long enough to fill that space. You know, I'm just aware that, I'm aware that there's too much amazing to know. It doesn't make me, it actually makes me a better fighter mm -hmm. because I'm not running around in fear and angst and upset all the time. Yep. Um, but I have a very strong left board. So we think about cultures, we think about mobility, all these things. We think about the fact that what happens to people, performance and profit when you're living in fight, flight or freeze, which almost every corporation I've ever been to, um, well, one, because I'm working with them. So that means they're having some challenges. Their single greatest thing is the top down is creating a fight, flight or freeze environment. Yeah. It's that simple. It's more common than we like to admit. Well, it's exactly why we talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah. He may have developed that in therapy, but the reason it got popular is because he went to corporations and said, hey, industrial revolution has happened. If you want to make more money now, you'll start understanding how people work. You'll start understanding that if people are in fight, flight, or freeze, they have tunnel vision, tunnel hearing, they get physically weaker, their immune system comes down, they have more sick days. Mm -hmm. So, and really, and you and I aren't saying coddling people. We're saying raise the standards yeah, yeah. and create systems that support that prefrontal cortex. Absolutely. Then all you need is a good PR department because yeah. people are going to say, Glassdoor is one of the best PRs there because they will tell you, my company promotes fight, flight, or freeze or not. Yeah. Like, they're going to tell you. So when I see companies checking the box, I always think, I already know your employees are miserable, but your box of crayons is colorful. Yeah. You know, your religious orientation and skin tone box of crayons, probably fantastic. You probably got a couple wheelchairs rolling around. I would rather have the people in mobility and inclusion and the box of crayons be satisfied because I'm going to get more out of them. If for only profit reasons, we would do this. If for only people reasons, we would do this. Yeah. You know, <laughs> two things come to mind. Um, one is, you know, we're talking about real, we're really talking about people's unlimited potential. I love the phrase, you John. know? Yeah. Love it. Uh, I, and... use, I use it in class. <laughs> Release your unlimited potential. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and most people don't know that they have unlimited potential. They just limit themselves. Because we are hardwired yeah. to be average or slightly mm -hmm. less than average. Mm -hmm. We are hardwired to lean towards the negative because it's safe. If we never learn a thing, being afraid of everything and minimizing ourselves is as safe as we can get, except that it's minimizing and then ultimately that's not. After the age of 15, 18, 20, it's not safe anymore. Yeah. It's not safe to just be in fight, flight, or freeze because what does fight, flight, or freeze do? Eliminates relationships. That's its job. Mm -hmm. Fight, flight, freeze, eliminate the relationship. Stop the input, seek relief, eliminate the relationship. Absolutely. That's what your limbic system does. So every time your employees go, God, we have to wait 10 minutes for this meeting to start, you are eliminating their relationship to themselves. Mm -hmm. And that yep. in turn will eliminate to you. So you've literally eliminated their relationship by making them wait, by not being able to depend on an email response. As my brother said, the first, that one step is a yeah. sign of culture. I just list, I just will send emails in a company that I work with and see who responds. You know, it's a legitimate, I never screw with anyone because again, that would be me messing with you and you would now learn that I just cry wolf 
and I never do that. So it's always got to be honest. But I realize, oh, if this person wasn't CC'd, if one of their superiors wasn't CC'd, they don't respond. That means all of their staff is in fight, flight, or freeze all the time, which means I've now minimized my entire staff just with our email practices. That's insane yeah. that I would minimize your productivity and brilliance because I won't accommodate a legitimate response. That also lets me know when I need help. Because if I'm too overwhelmed to answer your emails, mm -hmm. then we need to take a look at that. Yeah, yeah, right? absolutely. We need to take a look at that. So all of what we're talking about with diversity is actually personal development and team development. That's all it is. It's a naturally occurring response. If you're firing in your prefrontal cortex more often, your prefrontal cortex is more activated, your confidence comes up, your ability to organize your calendar comes up. Take a person who's late by five minutes most of the time. Get them to leave a half an hour earlier. They will accomplish things in their own life and say, it's like I have five more hours a day because your limbic system cannot organize. Yeah, yeah. It, it cannot prioritize. It's, uh, it's amazing you mentioned uh, personal development. Now, a lot of people go through school or maybe they don't go through school right they whatever the case may be and i'm not saying it's good or bad again uh has nothing to do with good or bad sure, sure. uh but um you know for for me personal development never stops personal growth never stops one way or the other it's continuing negative <laughs> positive or Ex both. exactly it is going yeah. with or without you on board yeah. until as, six as, minutes yeah. after you're dead as, as i said earlier you know <laughs> Change is inevitable, yeah. but personal growth and development is a choice. Yeah. yeah. So you're either progressing or you're regressing. You're not staying still, right? Sure. Because time is moving ahead. Yeah. And um, now, what's, what are the best ways today that you think someone can develop themselves? Well, it's actually super simple. Um, I love teaching. Uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, I pulled out Maslow's hierarchy of needs, a little pyramid and a little cartoon face of Maslow, Abraham Maslow. I love it. If I don't use that because it's brilliant. It mm -hmm. really is brilliant. There's so many, I mean, Plato, uh, Machiavelli, everybody, Nietzsche, everybody talks about it the same way, but there's a, here's now a, a, a symbolic view. Plus it's brilliant in the corporate environment. It's brilliant in the military environment, meaning it is written so that corporate and military people, uh, because that's what he did. Yeah. The pyramid uh, so when you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and the reason I say this now is because anybody can say, oh, I'll look that up and read it and just look at the pyramids. Very simple. All of the top levels, all of the top levels, the first level is physiological. Second level is safety. Mm -hmm. Those two levels are where all personal growth happens. Everything else is an intended consequence that creates more growth, but it's an intended consequence. Meaning if I wanted to be more loving with my family and have better relationships, which is the third line, um, uh, love and relationships or intimacy. If I wanted to be more loving and have greater sense of intimacy, I would simply take care of myself on the physiological line better. Now, what steals from that? Whatever we're afraid of. Mm -hmm. And that's his second line would be safety, fear of uh, uh, resources, uh, body, uh, security, uh, health, all the That's things, all the things the news talks yeah. about. So I would say, take the baseline. Notice your breathing. This is simple. If you wanted to increase your confidence and sense of achievement and your ability to listen, you would just say, every hour or so, I'm actually going to spend 20 seconds and intentionally breathe a little better than I naturally do. Yeah. 
we take the things for granted that come naturally. Unless you're mobility challenged, all of a sudden you're like, not me, man. I realize <laughs> that one step is a sign of everything to come. Yeah. Um, but all of us, that's just a, a, a really extreme example for the rest of us. So if we just take breathing, if you take uh, on the baseline, we talk about breathing, food, air, water, excretion, and sex, but it's not having sex. The physiological needs are the ability to create a relationship mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with the potential of procreating. Because yep. if you can't do that, like some of the uh, Indian tribes and the, and the different Arctics, you know, in all those areas, if you can't do that, it's going to tend to lead to depression and demoralization. You'll never go higher. So the ability to procreate. So if all you wanted to do was improve your prefrontal cortex's ability to respond, you would simply say, can I, can I just look at 5% better nutrition? Just five. Don't get crazy. Not this 30 pounds of weight loss or all this stuff. Just five. Can I look at a couple times a day saying, I'm going to intentionally sit up straight and take deep breaths. Your prefrontal cortex will automatically start firing more effectively. Mm -hmm. Your limbic system will minimize a little bit. You and I are different, different, as we said, generational oh, yeah. pass down. Um, we live in Los Angeles, so there's very diverse uh, background here. There's something that I've really found great, great strength in looking at generational trauma. So when I work with a certain community, like the Sikh community mm -hmm, that I was mm -hmm. working with in Berkeley, I thought, boy, the understanding, how they evaluate integrity and whatnot automatically seems to be different than what I'm used to. Yeah. That's so curious. First, it was frustrating. Because I thought, wait, how am I not being perceived properly? And I thought, oh, we have chemistry here. Yeah. So I started looking at 2,000 years of history. And I thought, wow, there it is. There it is. So all I had to do, here's diversity and inclusion. All I had to do was say, okay, let's design the program uh, to accommodate generational pass down, what they're used to living in, in those generations. Guess what? I brought it back to my military program, changed the baseline foundation of my military program. The success in my military program of didn't matter, first generation, six, 56, however long anyone's been here, exploded, M doubled. The yeah. success doubled. And I literally thought, see, we our brain is designed to look at diversity and avoid it. It's hardwired. But when we don't, we realize what I was able to notice working with a community that had a thousand years of war and greater oppression than my last hundreds of years and maybe even the hundreds before that in Scotland and England. Yeah, yeah. Um, still applied. Absolutely. But it wasn't visible because it wasn't so visible. I couldn't see it in these young military mm -hmm. folks until I went to a community that it was leaving me activated in my limbic system, feeling like, I don't get it. How come I can't help develop the same mutual benefit here? It's everywhere. You don't get to look at a culture and not find it in yourself. I use the expression in class, find yourself in every story. That makes your prefrontal cortex go crazy. If I find what similarities are in you that are in me, we have not only found, as Abraham Lincoln says, I don't like that man. I think yeah, I'll get yeah. to know him, reported to have saying, I didn't hear him say it. <laughs> but yeah, it's right there. So look at Maslow's high baseline and start to say, what am I afraid of? And what can I learn about that? And then if I'm afraid of that, and I turn around to you and say, hey, does that bug you? And you're like, yeah, a little bit. We might get together and together we'd say, well, actually, if we do this together, we're not so concerned about that. There's our community. There's inclusion. Yeah. Yeah. I never checked a box. 
but in every culture you're avoiding. That's where your next personal development comes from. If you are resisting hearing someone, if you are saying, oh, this crowd, this left-handed people, right-handed people, I'm resisting them. Ask yourself, I'm resisting. So that means my prefrontal cortex is not engaging as much. I wonder why. What is it about what you just said that makes me so righteous or right <laughs> or wrong or agree or disagree? I have yet to see anyone who is, has a great resistance to something not having a catharsis when they understood it. Yeah. A, a personal catharsis, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. just this whole thing about saying, boy. So when I brought what I learned working with first generation folks from a very specific area, when I added that awareness into my current military program here, boom, that's the culture. If I don't include cultures, I don't develop culture. Yeah, in, absolutely, in, absolutely. I don't care what box of crayons we're in. <laughs> I don't care <laughs> no, how the, you know, the other thing that I really like about what you're doing is like that you're introducing um, military training uh -huh. and thing to the civilian world, which is, uh, I think there's a growth there as well for the... Because people think it's different, right? Yeah. Yeah, everyone always says, I can't believe this. It's the same brain. Yeah. We all have an argument. Yeah. Sometimes we just don't kill people. And the military's job is not to kill people. It's actually to prevent that. Yeah, yeah. And it's also to be so decisive and so understanding and so self-aware that when it does happen, it's not gratuitous. Mm -hmm. That's our biggest problem, right? Yeah, yeah. Remember way back to, you know, police issues in the, in the, I would say they don't fault law enforcement for having to drop somebody. They fault them for not being able to stop. Mm-hmm. That's always the problem. It's not that one of us had to knock someone down. It's that we couldn't stop because yeah. that's what we get paid to do. Absolutely. And if we're in our limbic system, we can't do it. It's, God, I'm so glad we're going full circle here because now you really got my head going. Um, <laughs> but when we think about a culture, resistance, look for resistance. Yeah, yeah. When you have resistance, you know you've been minimized. You've minimized yourself. So for some reason, the topic you just brought up has dropped my IQ down. It's given me, t I have, my response to it is tunnel vision, tunnel hearing, tunnel thinking. Why? Why? What is it about that subject? Nothing changed in this room. And something about the subject, it might just be back at Maslow's baseline, I'm just tired. Yeah. I'm tired of processing information. David Rock in the Neuroscience Institute tells us you only get about four and a half hours, four hours a day of real cognitive thinking. So if you use that up on email, when you get in the meeting, you're going to be irritable. Absolutely. And you're destroying the culture of you because we didn't understand the science of us. So now my limbic system, level four, control, fear, anger, depression. My limbic system is down at level four. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. And that means tunnel vision, tunnel hearing, low self-respect. Now I'm going to sit my bias and prejudice. So I'm going to say, that's not a very good idea. Instead of saying, you know, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of it and I really can't get my head around it yet. So keep talking, so or I need to think about it. I can really personally vouch for mm -hmm. that because, you know, in my experience, been 15 years in the aerospace and defense industry, right? And I've been in Every many, meeting. many meetings. Um, and, and I'm talking about myself here. Yeah, yeah. Anytime I, I approach it in a way that I don't agree with this person, stuck. 
Exactly. Stuck Game, is the right word. Game's over. Yeah. And it is. We're in a loop. Yeah. We're stuck. We're actually stuck in a control, fear, anger, mm -hmm. depression loop. Yeah. That's remember our limbic system is not meant for unlimited possibilities. Yeah. It's got to keep you from getting eaten by the saber toothed tiger. Yeah. That's its only job. Yeah. Stop the input, seek relief, eliminate the relationship. So as soon as we're right, wrong, good, bad, agree, or disagree, even if I agree with you and go, oh, you are so right. I've stopped the conversation. Haven't I? Mm-hmm. If yeah, I absolutely. actually turned to, if I did agree with you and then I catch myself going, oh, you're so, and go, but keep going, well, keep going because I don't want to stop. I don't want to create a loop, a closed loop. Exactly. And that, that's the point. I think, uh, you know, even when you meet someone that you agree with, if he just tells you that, yeah, I agree with you. It's like the conversation is over. over. You know, let's go home. Over. But we didn't necessarily solve a problem or find a, find a solution to our problem. Or evolve. Or evolve, right? That's very, very interesting. We, we told ourselves what we know. And for me to agree with you, I had to cut you off in my head. Yeah. And we do it here like, because like it's on the show. So we're, we're also filling space, making mm -hmm. sure... Oh, so there's all this extra energy that yeah. actually comes from, oh, I, I hope I have enough time to think of things and all this. So I'll even feel myself nodding my head with you. And I try to remind myself now more and more, because this is kind of the next point for me, remind myself to make sure I pick my listening back up. Because yeah. as I nod, I've started to talk in my head. Absolutely. And that's, that's what I'm doing, really. You know, and as we speak right now, as I'm listening to you between... Especially here. Yeah. yeah. Between, between listening to you and really understanding what you're saying versus the camera, versus the clock, versus what I'm holding in my hand, you know, uh, I'm, I keep reminding myself, myself that what he's saying is the most important. You know, and this is where the conversation. I'm so glad you think that. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, and there's nothing, again, we're back to right and wrong. There's, I always say there's nothing wrong with it. That's your limbic system yeah. and that's my limbic system. Yeah. And we're here not wanting dead air. And then we're hoping there's a mutual benefit out there to this unknown group of people. Mm -hmm. That's huge pressure. Absolutely. What It's also amazing training, right? Is every time uh, we do it and yeah. we live, then we say, okay, nobody has burned my house down no, nobody's poisoned my dog <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna we've lived that's all confidences yeah. yeah. confidences i went through this unique experience i recognized my left board i didn't let it devolve control fear mm -hmm. anger depression and then i moved to the right board i got myself to listen again we laughed yeah. so we re-engaged with laughing yeah. all this stuff and so your confidence level says oh i lived and not only that i made good use of it yeah absolutely. so there's confidence it's why confidence has nothing to do with anyone else. Yeah. And it's why ego or arrogance does. I have a high level of behavior somewhere and a fear that you're better than me or I'm better than you or mm -hmm, not mm -hmm, good enough. Mm -hmm. And so there's that's what arrogance is. Whereas confidence is we both lived. I got curious every time I agreed and I said, oh, I know, listen, pay attention. <laughs> and then we even acknowledge the fact that this is tough. Yeah, This yeah, is a tough yeah. moment is you don't want dead air. Even though there's a person who could edit dead air out, yeah. that's not our reality. <laughs> no, it's not. No, definitely not. <laughs> so that culture, mm -hmm. we keep making it about the box. It actually is, because I think I know you well enough for this. You watch your, I had a hard time watching uh, the zooms or the, you know, any of that stuff, mm -hmm. I make myself watch it Yeah, because of course I'm looking for how to evolve Yeah, yeah. Well, because I can talk too here. fast only. I don't think so, but yeah. I certainly hear so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, absolutely. And it. same here. And uh, when I first started doing this, I'm like, 
I don't know anything about this. You know, I don't know how to do this. Uh, I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if people are going to understand me, you know, with my thick accent, you know? So all this was in the back of my mind, but then I'm like, okay, what's, how am I going to evolve from this situation by putting myself through it? Right. It's, it's, it's unbelievably simple for the fact that it's so incredibly complex chemically, but it's unbelievably simple. All confidence is, is experiencing control, fear, anger, depression, experiencing the feeling of being out of control from change and uncertainty, and then knowing enough, learning enough to do something to create more positive chemistry, not to eliminate the negative, yeah, yeah. but to actually say, there's a negative rep. Let me see if I can go to the positive gym and do something because we're not adding the value we'd like to add ever. Because as soon as you do, you change the value you'd like to add. Yeah, exactly. It's a, yeah, it's, it's always un- evolving, right? It's- yeah, that's why it's an evolution, not a war. Yeah. When you said, "How do we fight that?" Mm-hmm. Well, if you're fighting it, we're actually going to keep minimizing it. Absolutely. So when or eliminating it. Yes, and so one of the things I think about a lot when we talk about cultures and is that if I'm irritated, um, which I can be, right? I have a very strong left board. If I'm irritated, I have to say, "Okay, I have to go de- back to my baseline," and then I have to research what I'm resisting, because I can't help anyone evolve if I'm devolving myself. We're gonna infect the room, right? We infect yeah, yeah, the yeah. room with whoever we are when we walk in. Uh, that's why we come up with these little sayings like in our, in our series, find something you like about everyone, or everyone is right, which is everyone is right will change your whole corporate mm-hmm. environment. Like, because mm-hmm. we are designed to default to right, wrong, good, bad, yeah, yeah. agree or disagree. Uh, and we are designed to stick with the negative. Uh, you know, I have this TikTok that's fairly new for me, right? One of the candidates made yeah. it because I say I'm too freaking old for TikTok. <laughs> so, but it promotes the candidate program. And I found myself going on the comments and looking for negative. I'd see, oh, God bless you. You're all so great. They work so hard. It's so fantastic. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. Oh, there's a negative. Because your brain wants to find the negative. Yeah. So I'm now using my TikTok comments. One, I had to choose more wisely. I had to be in a certain mood and limit my time there because it's brutal. Yeah, Social I media mean, is brutal. Absolutely. It is like it, the, the worst thing you could ever do is allow people to deliver the news to you whenever they want, however they want. It's like whatever their news is, it's horrible. Like, horrible sitting yet. like half a world away, right? So now I'm using it as a training tool to say, okay, let me go and spend extra time noticing the positive. And then I made little canned responses for the negatives, like, well, I invite you to join our leadership program and tell me if you still think that way in a few times. Uh, it's wonderful. And then if they kept going, I just block them because that's all we're asking ourselves to do, eliminate the relationship. Well, someone's hitting you with an emotional bus. You do want to eliminate that relationship. So I invite you to join me, see if I can infect the room with you just joining the thing, the, the conversation. Mm-hmm. And if they keep going, I think, it's not about them. For some reason, I'm not strong enough to navigate that level of negativity, yeah. nor do I want to be. I'm not strong enough to stop someone, stop a knife from or a bullet from penetrating me. I wish I, it'd be really cool if I was, <laughs> but I'd probably be really cavalier and careless. But uh, <laughs> so what I love about culture is as long as we're not teaching people about how the prefrontal cortex works and about the things that activate it, like getting curious. Yeah. You know, if you find yourself saying in your head, I don't agree with that, then catch yourself because limbic systems are strong. Mine's super strong. And then say, oh, that's so interesting. 
I never thought of it that way before. I've never heard anyone describe it that way before. Yeah, yeah. Watch what happens to the room. Because now there's no, now what I've done is I've activated my prefrontal cortex. I have improved the culture of me. Absolutely, absolutely. And if, if your person starts to be adversarial, your improved culture says, oh, look at the time, I'm gonna go. <laughs> and you're on your way. That's, yeah. what I, that's what I love about it. If you wanted to improve the culture of you, by default, you'll be improving the culture of everybody. You will not, like I said, with those parents who said, you're teaching such positive brain chemistry. I said, I didn't say stupid brain chemistry. That's mm -hmm. actually where your intellect is. Yeah, yeah. That's where your warning bells, when you get a warning bell and you can get it back to your prefrontal cortex, your prefrontal cortex says, why is this a warning bell? That doesn't matter. I'm going to leave anyway. So their kids are actually safer because they get away from negativity faster. It's just like a magnet. Mm -hmm. We're negatively attracted or positively attracted to something. So yeah. um, we talk about, you know, inclusion. It's the simplest thing in the world if you're not responding from fight, flight, or freeze. Absolutely. So simple. We attract each other because people turn around. Someone, one of the military active duty folks said, how do you get your program to be so diverse? And I said, well, I simply stopped focusing on it. And I raised the standards. And then if I get a level of people who don't seem to understand how to meet those standards or get there or whatever, I just see if I need to add a program module for that or a different thing or whatever. Yeah. And it's not about a culture. That just naturally doesn't alienate people and isolate them. So they start to show up more. Now my next thing is, am I reaching enough different demographics where I get to take advantage mm -hmm. of this. Now we have this incredibly naturally, these apples are falling from the tree yeah, and they're very yeah. diverse. So now I get to do what corporations are doing. Do I need to cast a wider net? Because mm -hmm. we are geographically, neighborhoods tend to line up in certain cultures. Yeah. But again, our culture isn't race orientation. You know, it you... was individuals individuality absolutely uh, i mean you, you, for, okay two things you talked you talked about leadership first mm -hmm. and uh, well um talked about basically you're talking about enabling someone instead of just yeah in a great way yeah, you know in a yeah, great exactly. way everybody thinks of it as negative yeah. ter ne uh, negative term yeah. i want people to be in a i want to enable you to get your prefrontal cortex to go nuts exactly. to show you shine with and, your and brilliance that's, and that's what a true leader does you know it enables the people it enables the people he's in charge of and the other thing you talked about it, like you know when mentioning inclusion you know for example i go i go work out right yeah and in this place that i go to work out there's like this flag and that flag associated to this group and that group i'm like one day i asked i'm like why do you have all these flags you know they're not flags of countries uh, mm -hmm. you know may you know, oh like, i see okay you know what i'm saying it's yeah, yeah. like like social association flags mm -hmm. uh and I'm like, oh, we're, we're, we're inclusive of everybody. I'm like, so you really have to put a flag so you are deemed inclusive or you perceive yourself as inclusive? And he goes like, well, what else would you suggest? I'm like, I suggest to get rid of the flags and, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, bring everybody in, you know, raise your standards. And by raising your standards, maybe you improve the facility maybe you include an air conditioning whatever whatever it may be you know and attract people that mm -hmm. way then you'll see how diverse and inclusive the space will be without the flags and everybody's starting somewhere which i lo i love it i love that everybody's starting somewhere it's 
Um, you bring up an interesting thought for me is that make sure your starting place you're not actually using to create an, as an obstacle. Exactly. You know, is that um, I often tell people, uh, I was working with a bunch of future therapists, right? As yeah. I, we were discussing this before, before we started here. And it's very, very common for people in therapy to say, well, my therapist says my significant other is borderline, bipolar, narcissist. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Nothing says help me get stuck in fight, flight, or freeze like a label. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. It's crazy, especially when it's a negative label. And as I laughed, as I was delivering the class, I said, let's talk about the chemistry. No one in an argument doesn't seem bipolar or narcissistic to the opposite person. You're either emotional enough where I say, well, you're like getting crazy hysterical. You like must be bipolar or else all you think about is yourself. You're not even listening to me. You're so narcissistic. <laughs> now I say, I always joke and say only a person who's really demonstrating uh, the traits of a narcissist would call someone a narcissist, um, <laughs> because by definition, it's saying they're they're just being them. But in fight, flight, or freeze, all those labels become true, and we use them as weapons. And one of the things I said to the future therapist is, stop arming your people to exactly. stay in negativity. Yes. You are literally making them dumb, and they're paying you for it. I actually love what you just said, yeah. because, because I feel like every time, and I come from a very divided country mm -hmm. you know i'm familiar of somewhat my own yeah, way for yeah. history studying history uh, and i lived there 23 years my parents lived there 40 50 mm -hmm. years before me right it was never good it's still not good so this is a history of since the 40s maybe mm -hmm. you know there was a span of maybe 10 years that it was doing good but it was never to the standards that it should have been as a country, as a, as a unity, right? And the reason for that, I truly believe this, is because of the div divisiveness. It has 18 sects, 18 different groups, political groups, in, in a country that is like 10,000 kilometers, you know, which is like smaller than LA. So, uh, and, and the, the only reason I'm bringing this up is because exclusion and division is deteriorate something is and it's incredibly powerful it's a wonderful way uh well the reason we have left right and center news channels right it's a wonderful way to um as i i've spoken to you before when i work with groups who are very politically polarized which uh i actually used to be somewhat but again you can't you can't be developing your prefrontal cortex and be and and have a whole bunch of hot buttons yeah the hot buttons are in your limbic system mm -hmm. and so um and I started to get more curious. And that's where I really developed, actually, before the last election. I started developing, no, I hadn't heard that. Keep going. That's so interesting. I hadn't heard anybody phrase it that way. Whatever was real to me, and I'm going to say this to the camera, do not lie with your responses. <laughs> Nothing infects a limp room with limbic system logic like saying, I'm going to make up a canned response and do it, so do not lie. Uh, think about what comes naturally to you and say it. But I started to say, and it changed my life. Because again, this is how I developed everyone is right. Mm -hmm. Is every time somebody would talk, I would think everyone is right. Um, how are they right? And not they're right in their way and I'm right in mine. Forget me. Yeah. I want to know how you're 100% right. Yeah. How are you thinking, thinking about the answers that you're giving me? What I found is everybody wants almost the same thing as, as you know. Uh, 
you know, Machiavelli would write that, you know, you take someone's land and they're going to fight over it forever. They always say you're better off killing the head of the family than taking their land because then their <laughs> grandkids won't come back after you. Um, and I love that. But um, everyone is right. There is no greater that within about eight weeks of it just it kind of fell out. I was delivering a class once and I said, well, look, everyone's right. It's one of those moments where about six people in that class and myself said, oh, we've got to develop that one right there. <laughs> Everyone is right. Because when you take, if I take, remember your limbic system is asking the question, am I safe? Am I safe? Am I safe? Mm -hmm. I, 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 I'm hot. I'm cold. I'm hungry. I'm offended. I'm this, my opinion. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's all a matter of saying, I'm not only dumbing myself down, but I'm not listening to you. I can't listen to you because I've created tunnel vision, tunnel hearing. That's also what enthusiasm creates, by the way. So <laughs> it's crazy. There's a positive side of your yeah. limbic system. So um, everyone is right. I started saying, you know, forget about me. If I felt myself starting to go into, well, I don't. And I was like, oh, there's resistance. Everyone is right. So find something you like about everyone and everyone is right. And then back to Maslow's baseline. Uh, inhale and exhale a few times when you feel resistance. Because what happens is your prefrontal cortex is being drained of chemistry when you feel that resistance. So our IQ is coming down, our ability to listen, all those things that I keep mentioning, right? That's just mm -hmm. just science, just chemistry. Yep, yep. Um, and our adrenaline cortisol is coming up. So I'm literally dropping my immune system down. I'm getting tense and I'm getting dumb. And I'm getting hard of hearing and hard of seeing and hard of thinking. Like all of these things I'm doing to myself by yeah. going, I don't agree. Yeah. So I always say, forget about the other person. The reason to stop agreeing and disagreeing is because you make yourself into a knucklehead like this and you start getting sick faster and all these things. It's amazing. It's the true that. sense of dis-ease. I am creating a lack of ease yeah, yeah. by my own thoughts. And it's just chemistry. One of the reasons our series has been so successful with military people in different ages is, is and, and there'll be 90 year olds in there. There'll be couples who've been married for 46 years. And one of the couples said to me, about two months into it, it's during the pandemic, so everybody had lots of time. I had I had district attorneys in there and cops and students and 10-year-olds and people had been married for 46 years. I was really put on the spot because I only did it because I knew people would be in trouble. You know, I, I'm a you know big fan of Maslow's. Soon as the pandemic started, I thought, we are in trouble and kids are in bigger trouble. Absolutely. Because they're poorly, that lack of biological maturity, mm -hmm. it's leaving them. They're going to hurt in like 90 days. They're going to be wrecked. So all of a sudden I had this room full of all these people. And I thought, wow, I don't have an A game. I need to try to develop at least a B game. You know, I can't bring my A game. So, but what happened is I had such brilliance in the room. I had therapists and psychiatrists and all these people. And so their comments back would be, oh yeah, I had this in my office and that. And I was like, oh, they're giving me my next level of development as soon as you are not the focus of your thinking, wow, all that's left is that you're a rock star yeah. in your rock star areas. And it doesn't mean, and now I get to appreciate other rock stars more. For about the first 10 years of looking at leadership biomechanics, which is what I call it, absolute responsibility and leadership biomechanics. For about the first 10 years, I didn't read anybody else's work. I stayed away from it, first five, six, seven to 10 years because I wanted to make sure that I understood me and how I think. And once I thought, okay, I have a clear path as to who I am. Now, let's, now, of course, I've been learning my whole life. So I'd already read the allegory of the cave and Machiavelli yeah, yeah, and yeah. all those things. So, but I didn't want to go further until I made sure that I wasn't parroting someone. I needed to understand me. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and once I did, to a degree of saying, okay, now I know the difference between me, it allowed me to be more curious and interested in what you'd say. Um, because it took away the competitive nature. So it wasn't, I have thought of that before, or I should have thought of that. It turned into, wow, what a great way of you phrasing that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really let that percolate um, yeah. and took away the me. That's all culture is, where it's so simple. But the, what's the challenge? <laughs> Here's the catch. Here's the catch for all the executives watching your thing. <laughs> the higher you get in a position of power, the harder it is to not see people as objects, to not see people as objects. So by definition, your executive level, even your HR executives, you know, the people people, mm -hmm. it is takes great effort for them. In the same way that I say I'm 36 years into developing my left board in violence prevention and response, control, fear, anger, depression, and functioning at a high level there, Navy SEAL stuff, right? How can we not be wrecked when everything's going crazy? So the higher level the executives, the more powerful the position, the more your brain naturally starts to see people like army jeeps. So the more work you have to do so one of the biggest things I find when working with executives or military people is they are, it is activating their fight, flight, or freeze response to even begin to admit that there's so much prefrontal cortex work. So that's why I just started to describe it as the negative gym and the positive gym. Yeah. Because it's not good or bad. They needed that to make those big decisions. Mm -hmm. But we start to understand the negative gym is now ruling our life. Yeah, yeah. The general's general needs to be able to send a bunch of people to their death and not be in, driven insane by it. So your brain naturally develops that ability, which registers almost sociopathic. Actually, I can almost completely see your, your, your point in, in the corporation world, at mm. least where I lived, uh, because oh. an executive won't, he will just see that three levels down, this group is not performing or is not making their numbers or whatever the case may be and it is so hard at that point to come three levels down and see why without telling them hey make them perform or else mm. right and we're coming back to your point that yeah. you know yeah. it's hard to avoid seeing them as objects and what's it lead to um, limitation in people, performance, and, pro and, uh, and profit. Creates a revolving people, door. You know, I, I worked in, uh, I used to say everything I do is corporate security because corporate security is whatever positively or negatively affects people, performance, and profit. Yeah. It's not the way a lot of corporations look at it, but my Navy SEAL mind says it's actually security. If I wanted you to be safer, I would simply take a look at what the limitations are in your executive level and say, let me help, let me help you activate your prefrontal cortex more with little behaviors, mm -hmm. things that'll put you less on the left board in the fight, flight, or freeze. Yeah. It's very, very hard because what do we do? The more we're in that position, the more we start to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's where arrogance, what people call elitism or arrogance. I have such a position. So, but it's not about them. It's not about a little person teaching you anymore. One of the reasons you see I think that you see so many Navy SEALs be able to do leadership is an executive can turn around and say, okay, I'll listen to you because you're not, you're in a different leadership position than I am. So it's not condescending and threatening yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, this is, this chemistry isn't taught in the Navy either. 
like you'll see people like Jocko Willink who naturally just got, they didn't teach him that. He was that guy developing himself, right? He just used his circumstances to become this person who understood yeah. unleashing your people so well developed that you have to hold them back because they'll create a vacuum. <laughs> what the amount of work they'll get done will create a vacuum. Yeah, yeah. And what you're describing in corporations is very interesting because what they what people who live in fight, flight, or freeze and primarily use that left board system, what they don't yet understand is that they're actually minimized in capacity. They are eliminating relationships and that is profit. That is profit. Yeah. So by them, and it's not, what I hope people understand too is we're not talking about coddling people. No. We're not talking no. about sympathy. Empathy is the ability for me to really get curious about who you are and how you are. It is not at all lowering the standards. Sympathy lowers your standards. Yeah. I would say pity is the worst form of racism because mm -hmm. people who didn't know they were being indoctrinated towards race, culture, LGBTQ, isms, all of those things, people who didn't know they were being indoctrinated to those things are being indoctrinated to pity. And pity is level four. It's at one of the Eschens, mm -hmm. depression, suppression, repression, oppression, yeah, yeah, is yeah. one of the worst because it's an invisible form of classism, sexism, racism, gender, whatever, whatever yeah. we want to call those things. So we look at corporations. It's so easy to fix, but... but it makes a complete mindset change. It's, it's... And yet everyone does it somewhere. Everyone has a child, everyone has a friend that they go, that they really say, oh, I understand my mom talks this way because she's like this. And so we learn how to accommodate mom. And we didn't change family sometimes. Sometimes we're ruthless to our family and sometimes we're most understanding or yeah. we're both in the yeah. same day. That shows you right there, your brain's working just fine. You know, we just fine. It's so simple. And what happens? Legal issues come down. Legal issues come down. Um, uh, retention goes up. Mm -hmm. You know, so you naturally will attract people that are people who say, oh, you have the most diverse company culture I've ever seen. Do I? Oh, that's interesting. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. It's an intended consequence, yeah. especially in a city like LA. You can't walk into a restaurant without seeing, you know, pick anything that you would define as culture. You walk in a restaurant, there's like 27 variations that you never even considered before you walked in. Yeah, We yeah. live in Los Angeles. So it's... um. It's a naturally, it's an intended consequence of chemistry understanding. And then your mentorship comes up, your leadership ability comes up, all these things increase. I realize we keep rephrasing a lot of the same things because mm -hmm. it's the same thing. Limbic system, prefrontal cortex, yeah, it's yeah, that but simple. It, but it's not. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but it's it's, not. <laughs> it takes effort and it actually takes courage because we are designed to trend toward the negative. We're designed to say, I will venture out and become good at one or two things mm -hmm. and everything else I'm going to stay in the limbic system. So now we're competing all the time because yeah. I'm afraid you'll find me out. I'm, af I'm afraid I'll be found out. I'm afraid of losing my position, all these things. One of the young Marine Corps officers said to me, because she the Marine officer candidates and some of the active duty Marines will train with our Navy SEAL program. And I had responded to an email once and she said, you know, you responding to an email uh, usurps my authority. And I said, well, then you don't have any. And she said, what? I said, you can respond to all of my emails. Do you think people will stop listening to me? I said, I'm 36 years in the trench and 11 years in this one. And I put out every day for them and I listen to them and I pay attention to them. And I raise the standards so that they constantly have to stretch to reach them. 
do you think you can steal my authority? I don't have authority. What I have is trust. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what I have is trust. And she said, wow. And I said, first of all, I would never intentionally try to usurp your authority. I will always try to help you develop it. I said, but if you think it can be taken, it's not authority. It's force. It's fight, flight, or freeze. Yeah, absolutely. And I said, you can't take mine. And if you could, that candidate needs to go with you because then you're the right mentor for them, not me. And she said, boy, that just changed my life. I said, because we both went together to find mutual benefit in this moment. There's the culture. There's yeah. the culture. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, we're going to wrap it up. And uh, please... How can people find you? How can people donate to Direct Action? Ah, donate, yes, nonprofit. Our program has grown. I'll talk to the camera on this one. <laughs> Our program has grown so much in the last couple of years because of the pandemic, state of the world. Call it what you will. It doesn't matter. Um, if you're listening here today, I think we have one of the most amazing development programs for, um, again, people, performance, and profit. Uh, civilians, military, early in career, especially work with corporations. My website is directaction.us directaction.us. Uh, I answer every email. Uh, no big deal. I answer every question. So you can find us there. If you are looking to sponsor a program, we have grown so much. I self-funded this program for almost a decade because I like to be invisible until I just couldn't anymore. We needed to help more people. And that meant I needed to get some external funding. So uh, I'd love it if you did. Uh, so we're 501c3, of course, Direct Action Inc. on GuideStar. Look it up. Got a pretty good rating, fantastic board of directors, and truly one of the most naturally diverse. I don't like the word inclusive because we've beaten it to death, but one of the most inclusive programs because that's what happens when you create a good program. So directaction.us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, please like and subscribe if you like our episode with John. I am the founder of Mobility and Inclusion, the founder of Markbotics, where we develop assistive robotics to revolutionize independent living and accessibility by partnering with the community of people with disabilities. You can go to markbotics.com. That's M-A-R-K-B-O-T-I-X.com. You can donate there. You can see what we're about. Please donate. We are releasing our first product soon. We are looking for investors and we are looking for your help. Change the world. Change the world. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.